very familiar thought, uh, very familiar scripture, uh, but the Lord's given me a little something. I want to try to be a blessing. Uh, Revelation chapter number 3 and verse number 20. If you love your Bible, say amen. So I'm glad the Lord left us with the Word of God, ain't you? Bless His name. Revelation chapter number 3 and verse number 20. Y'all warm? I see some people fanning themselves. Deep, check them thermostats. I don't know what they're on, but I'm hot and everybody else is hot. Amen. Revelation chapter 3, verse number 20. If you're there, say amen. amen. The Word of God said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. If the Lord would help me for a little while this morning, I want to preach a very simple thought, but one I believe the Lord would have us to preach today. I want to preach on this thought. Would somebody please open the door? Would somebody please open the door? Pray with me and pray for me, please. Father, we love you. Lord, I need your help this morning. Uh, Lord, there's not a doubt in my mind that this is what you put on my heart. And God, from the very start, uh, Lord, from then until now, it's been a fight and a struggle. Uh, Lord, even today, God, I can sense in my spirit, Lord, there's opposition. But Father, we are thankful that the Word of God says that greater is He that is in us than he that's in the world. So Lord, this morning, God, I need unction and power, Lord, from above. God, I cannot preach on my own and Lord, I do not want to try. So Lord, please, empty my mind of selfish thoughts and empty my spirit, Lord, of carnality. Lord, empty me of flesh and fill me, Lord, with the Holy Ghost. And for what you do in this place for these people, God, I'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name and for His sake and all God's people said, Amen and Amen. You may be seated this morning. If I could, quickly as possible, by way of introduction this morning, I want to say it is right here in our text where John the Revelator has begun to write, and to me, he has just written one of the saddest statements in all of the Bible. He has written here in Revelation chapter number 3, verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Some would say what's so sad about that statement, but here's the mere fact that the Lord Jesus should never be on the outside. He should never be on the outside trying to get in on the inside of our hearts and the inside of our lives. But my friend, fact is, in today's world, in today's Christianity, my friend, more cases than not, he's on the outside and he's knocking, hoping somebody will let him in. That's the sad reality. 
If you know anything about your Bible, you know that uh, the Bible has, or, or John has begun writing here uh, uh, in verse number 14. It explains to whom uh, the, the, the revelator is writing. He said, And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, write. Uh, may I say this, this, uh, uh, this passage of Scripture this morning? Uh, uh, my friend, it is being written to the church of Laodicea. And if you know anything about the Word of God, you understand uh, that this is the church of the last days. Uh, the Laodicean church is the last of the churches and John uh, has rode under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost and here's what he said uh, that the last day church uh, my friend will be guilty of the Lord Jesus Christ standing on the outside of the door knocking to get in that's the sad reality but today we're living my friend, if you will, I want you to look with me at what the Bible says about this church of Laodicea. Look in verse 14. Uh, verse number 15. He said, I know thy works that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So uh, then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Uh, but thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Uh, he said, I counsel thee to buy me gold uh, tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thine eyes with salve that thou mayest see he said as many as I love I rebuke and chasten be zealous therefore and repent behold I stand at the door and knock if any man hear my voice and open the door I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me this is the last day's church. The church of Laodicea. We find in these last days that the church is in trouble. We find in the last days that the church is lukewarm and loaded with goods. But they're lacking the power of God. Can I remind you this morning, I need somebody to help me. My friend, there's no replacement for the power of God. My friend, there's no replacement for the presence of God. And there's no replacement for the preaching of the Word of God. May I say, this Laodicean church, they've got the goods and the riches and they've got all the materials. They've got everything that you could want. But if you're lacking the goods from another world, may I say you're wretched and you're miserable and you're poor and you're blind and you're naked. John the Revelator said, y'all think you've got everything but really you have nothing. If you want the riches of the blood-stained Redeemer, you're going to have to be tried by fire. What did he say? We just read it. 
What'd he say? Uh, my friend, he said, and I counsel thee to buy me gold tried in the fire. Let me tell you something about the riches and the goodness and the gifts that you'll obtain from God. They are not corruptible, uh, my friend, but incorruptible. They are uh, a permanent thing my friend that's why the Bible said that we ought not lay up treasures up here on earth but we ought to lay our treasures up in heaven where moth and rust doth not corrupt them my friend I'm trying to tell you the church of the last days has everything up to the eyes of men but in the eyes of God they have nothing without him and he is on the outside of the church of the last days. You want the goodness and the riches and the goods of the Lord. You're going to, have to be tried, but secondly, you're going to, have to be transformed. In verse 18, you see white raiment. Thirdly, you're going to have to be touched. He said uh, uh, that, that, that uh, he said this and anoint thine eyes with eye that thou mayest see. I'm talking about, listen, you don't know why people can go to church and God not be within a hundred blue miles uh, and they go week after week after week and they're content to be there uh, because they're blind, neighbor. They cannot see uh, with spiritual eyes. They look around uh, and they've got the nicest of facilities and they look around, they've got the parking lots are full and they look around and their bank statement is always in the positive and they look around, their church membership's always going up and they look around and they've got more converts to baptize and they look at the fleshly material things that we can see, touch, feel, smell and taste and all the while there's a bloody Savior that's on the can all that come to pass how can we go from the materialistic side of things and turn over to the spiritual side and the blessings of God verse number 19 explains it very clearly he says as many as I love I rebuke and chasten he said be zealous therefore and repent can I say you must number one take notice he said behold I stand at the door and knock you must turn verse 19 you must take notice verse number 20 that word behold means this it means to fix your attention upon an object it means to attend to direct or to fix the mind may I say until you turn from your ways and repent you'll never ever take notice and realize that the king of glory is standing on the outside of your heart and the outside of your life and is knocking and it's his desire to be on the inside you better hear me this morning and hear me well it's time for somebody to open the door he's at the door knocking ain't you glad he didn't say if any church would open the door if any denomination would open the door if any man singular 
I'll tell you what God's looking for in these last days. Sheep. One by one. Oh, I've seen God save them in droves. I've seen that. But I'm going to tell you who God's after this morning. One. I stayed up half the night trying to do these little things that I've got over here. And it's probably going to be a pathetic attempt. But this is what God put on my heart. Night real good, none of this. And I don't do it unless God says to do it. But there's a door. And behind that door is a Savior. And He's knocking. He's begging and pleading with who? With you. Now listen to me. Everybody uses this and preaches it to the lost. This is not dealing with the lost. He's writing to the church of the Laodiceans. That's why he said in the very next verse, as many as I love, I chasten. As many as I love, I rebuke. He said, be zealous, therefore, and repent. That's not to the sinner. He's talking to the saint. He does not chasten or chastise a sinner. A sinner's a bastard and not a son. He's talking to us this morning. Is it possible that I can go to church and God be on the outside? Yes. Is it possible to sing in the choir yet God's on the outside of your life? Absolutely yes. Is it possible to teach a Sunday school class and God be on the outside? Yes. Is it possible to say amen and hallelujah and run the aisles and God be on the outside? Yes. Is it possible to stand and preach a sermon and God God be on the outside. Yes. Is it possible to come week after week to an altar and pray and cry and God remain on the outside? The answer to all those questions is yes. It is possible that you can do all the right things. But God is on the outside. My friend, this is the results of lukewarm Christianity. You can do all the right things without being right with God. Can I say too many times people justify their walk with God based upon their deeds. But if your deeds are done and Jesus is on the outside of the door, you're not accomplishing anything. I don't care how much you're doing for God. If He's on the outside, your deeds are vain and they'll burn up your works. Uh, My friend, are vanity of vanities, as Solomon said, uh, and they will one day perish whether they be wood, hay, or stubble, or gold, silver, and precious stone. Hey, I'm trying to tell you, if God's on the outside, your Christian life will be empty. I'm looking at some of y'all I know for a fact. Uh, I watch you week after week after week and you're empty. You may be here, but you're empty. And you don't have the joy of the Lord. And you don't get along like you ought to with God. And you don't have sweet fellowship. And you don't have that joy unspeakable and full of glory. I'm not saying you're lost. But the Lord.
outside of your life. So many people, they get so used to going to church and doing the right thing that that's, that's what Christianity becomes to them. Listen to me. My God, it's tighter than a banjo string. Listen to me. I knew I'd fight, I fought all week. You better hear me. God is on the outside. And everything about your life will change if you'd open the door. I was saved at 18, but he was on the outside of my life. But I remember the day I heard the knock and I heard his voice. And when I walked over and opened that door, it's been over 10 years. <laughs> it's been over 10 years ago. And it's better now than it was then. And I mean that with all my heart. Yes, Hey, he gets sweeter and sweeter. I know it ain't a word, but it gets gooder and gooder all the time. Uh, you better hear me. I'm telling you, uh, there's a difference in, in, in being a Christian and living a Christ-centered life and being in fellowship with the God of glory. I'm not trying to get you to take some kind of bitter pill. All I'm trying to do is get you to realize He's knocking and he wants fellowship with you and me this morning. Oh my. Christian life will be empty and be powerless, be ineffective, stagnant and dry as long as he's on the outside. The key to Christianity is not in what you do for God, it's your walk with God. God tell you, you're going to do the right things for God if you walk with him. But there's too many people that focus on their deeds and they forget all about the relationship. And they get dry and stale and stagnant and bitter and hard and cold-hearted. And the whole time, all they got to do is open the door. I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. Brother Dax, I, I'm a real simple thinker. But I begin to think the Lord Jesus is behind this door and He's knocking. What would keep any of us from opening that door? He's made us a promise that He is standing at the door. How many of y'all want the Lord Jesus to be evident and close and real in your life? I would think everybody does. All we've got to do is hear the knock. And hear his voice and open the door. Why would you not open the door? Here's what I come up with. Lord, give me some reasons. Why do people refuse to open a door when it's knocked on? Number one, they're asleep. They're asleep. I know not everybody's a light sleeper or a heavy sleeper, but I'm going to tell you something. I could sleep through a bomb going off. If somebody knocks on my door, they're wasting their time. My wife has to wake me up. It's happened a few times. Every time I don't hear it, my friend, and I begin to think just physically why I would maybe not open the door if somebody was knocking, wanting to come in, 
or wanting to talk to me. Number one, I, I believe people are not opening the door to the Lord because they're spiritually asleep. Bible said in Romans 13, 11, and that knowing the time, that now it is the high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Uh, listen to me, you're not gaining time, you're losing time. We're all going to stand before God uh, at the judgment seat of Christ, and you will give an account, both good and bad, for your works. It's time to wake up. Why do people not open the door? Number one, they're asleep. Number two, the house is too messy. Any of y'all ever sitting at home, somebody knock on your door? And you think, oh dear God, this house is a wreck. Kids, be quiet. Nobody move. Shut the dog up. Somebody's at the door. And ain't no way I'm letting them walk in this house and it looking this way. You all know why some people ain't gonna open that door? They know that they hear the voice. He didn't say just. He didn't say it was just a knock. He said, "Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice, hey, what's the first thing you do if you knock on somebody's door? Most of the time, you announce who you are. How many times you hey, it's me, brother Josh, just come by to see you. Are y'all with me? God, I'm mighty. Somebody help me." The house is too messy. Luke eleven thirty nine 39 said, The Lord said unto him, Now do you Pharisees make clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but your inward part is full of ravening and wickedness. Uh, may I say there's a whole lot of people that's polished up and cleaned up on the outside, but the inside of their heart uh, and the inside of their home, spiritually speaking, it's corrupt and messy and wicked and defiled. And they don't want Jesus walking into their mess. They're embarrassed. They don't want to open the door. The house is a wreck. Thirdly, why wouldn't somebody open the door? They're scared or afraid. I can tell you right now, if I'm gone, somebody beats on my door, my wife's hightailing it to a closet somewhere and burying herself and texting everybody in her family. Saying somebody's at the door. Scares her to death. It's unexpected. Wasn't looking for them. Come on, somebody. You've went so long. I'm going somewhere, Brother Shepherd. Thank you for being patient. But you've went so long, uh, my friend, since you've been in fellowship. Uh, if, he, if he was uh, to knock on your door and you heard his voice, it'd scare you to death. Uh, my friend, it's almost like a street. But my friend, you hey, can you be saved? And his voice and the knock uh, uh, come uh, come to you as a strange. Yes, uh, you can get so far gone you don't even recognize his voice like you once did. It's almost a strange thing. If you can forget your your you got saved, that's in your Bible. Yep. Yep. Thank you for two of you that's ever read that. He can become a stranger when you get out of fellowship with him. Why wouldn't somebody answer the door? Right here's a good one. They're waiting on somebody else to open it. Y'all here today? Madison, go get the door. 
Patrol. Mom, go get the door. Josh, go get the door. Y'all see that? How we try to pass the buck? You hear the knock. You're thinking, well, if I ignore it long enough, somebody else answers. What you're not understanding is each one of us got our own door. Come on, somebody. You've got a door and I've got a door and he's knocking. And if you open the door, it ain't going to do away with the knock that's on my door. I'm trying to tell you, you've got to quit waiting and pushing him away, thinking everybody else, I can do the job for you. He's knocking for you this morning. Why would somebody not open my door? It came at a very inconvenient time. It's hard to answer a door if you just... Got out of the shower and ain't got no clothes on. It's inconvenient. It's hard to answer the door if you're stuck in the bathroom. It's inconvenient. It's hard to answer the door if you're right in the middle of changing the baby's diaper. And there's stuff flying everywhere. It's inconvenient. You don't know why some people don't open the door when he knocks on it. You're too busy doing something else. You're tied up. It's inconvenient. Why would somebody not answer the door? They're not at home. It's hard to answer your door if you're not there. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Now listen to me. I'm gonna make a. I'm gonna spiritualize this and make an application, my friend. I understand the church is the body, but how many of y'all know the body meets and gathers in a building? And if you're not here, how many of y'all's ever been sitting here? And it was right here in this building where he came a knocking. Hey, it's hard to hear the knock. It's hard to hear his voice. It's hard to open door if you're not home got to be here there's people I wanted to be here this morning that God put them on my heart and my mind there's a lot of them to be honest with you be, just be honest with you and they're not here but Deacon told me I told him that before I started church I said man we're low today I said there's a whole bunch of people I really had on my heart today he said well you always say God has something for you and He'll speak to you but if you're not here it's not on the preacher it's not on God I believe there's going to be times that we stand before God and I think there's going to be things we say and He's going to say well I gave you the answer to that but you wasn't at home when I come knocking I had the solution but you weren't there oh it's discouraging to me but I've learned it ain't about me. It's not about me. I've got 20 signs and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand them out. I've been, I've been going back and through, back and forth. How I'm going to do this. This is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to hand them out. And I had specific signs for specific people. They ain't here, but that's all right. They're not at home. Man, I've got so much, I, I can't preach it all. First thing I want to say is I want you to see the position of Christ. Verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door. Right here's the position. Everybody look. There's the position. Secondly, now I've got to get where I'm going. I want you to see the plea. He said, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door. Not only do we find his position, then we see his plea. May I say, it's right now that the God of heaven is pleading with you to open the door. 
He desires to fellowship with you. He desires to supplicate with you and walk with you and talk with you and abide with you. But again, He will not force His way into your life. You must do three things in order for the plea of Christ to change the position of Christ in your life. Taking Him from the outside moving Him to the inside. Number one, you must acknowledge the knock. How many times you got that? You just push it off. He's wanting to talk to you. He's wanting to fellowship with you. He's wanting to change you. He's wanting to help you. Boy, I've got so many problems. Hey, you do got so many problems and he's beating your door down. And you won't even acknowledge the knock what you fail to realize. It's not what all you're going to lose when he gets in. It's what you're going to gain. You get God when you open the door. You must first acknowledge the knock. Secondly, you must acknowledge His voice. How do you hear His voice? I know we got the voice of the Holy Ghost the inside of us, but right here is His voice. Listen to me. God's knocked on some of y'all's doors. You ain't even heard Him because you failed. Because when I've been preaching, you've been drawing. Or on your phone. Or daydreaming. Or passing notes. Or eating candy and not paying all attention. Is everybody all right? I'm pastoring today, neighbor. I've labored all week to get here and I'm laboring now. But it's worth it because one of these days uh, I'm going to stand before God and you're going to stand before God. And I don't want it to be me that he looks at and says, uh, why'd you come up short? I'm sowing the seed. I'm a throwing it and trying every way in the world to water it, but only God can give the increase. Uh, uh, but some of y'all have got some correct ground. Uh, uh, my friend, you can't hear his voice. And if you never acknowledge his voice, he never going to get on the inside. You must acknowledge the knock. Secondly, acknowledge his voice. Thirdly, you must act upon his plea and open the door. We see the position of Christ, the plea of Christ. Then thirdly, this is where I'm going to spend my time. We see the promise of Christ. The position, where's he at? On the outside of the door. The plea, what's he doing? He's knocking and he's calling. But then he gives us a promise if we'll open the door. Verse number 20, he said, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. May I say the best part of the promise is the part that says, I will come into him. But that best part about opening the door? Him. See, we want to focus on the supplication, all this and that. And I'm going I'm to show you all kinds of things that takes place if you'll let him in. But listen to me. The best part of opening the door is Him. He's the best part. When you open that door and you open that door, He's the best part. I understand most preachers of salvation and the typology is, it is there. Being saved is great, but listen to me. Having a real personal, intimate relationship with the Savior is what this thing's all about. Listen, do you realize that Jesus did not just save you to keep you out of hell? That's right. That 
That wasn't the only reason he died and shed his blood and was beaten, cussed, and spit on, and they plucked his beard out, stabbed. And are you with me? I, he didn't do all that just so you could escape hell. He loves you enough. He died not only to save you, but to supplicate with you. He wanted mankind to be able to be in fellowship with him. The only way to do it was through the sacrifice of the only begotten Son. Best part about opening the doors is that you get him. But my friend, when you get him, you get more than you prayed for. You get more than you asked for. Here's what I'm going to do. You all stay patient with me. I've got 20 of these here and uh, again it's probably the best <clears throat> I've done the best I can do but I'm going to hand these out and I'm going to give this one this Ashley I know you're recording maybe Riley can do that this, this side is what we when we open the door, it's all we have to offer. Where are you going off? That's all you got. Just please be patient, huh?
Spirit on all this. Oh, yeah. Everybody show the black side. That's what you got to offer. Oh, my. Are you, are you listening? He's standing at the door today. And he's knocking. Y'all hear him? This is all we got. Loneliness. Coldness, worry, sorrow, strongholds, depression, and fear, and guilt, and rebellion, and doubt, and grudges, and pride, and anxiety, and anger, and instability, and wonder. He's knocking, so let me ask you what you're going to get. Yeah. If everybody will turn just a little bit, he's knocking. Here's what I want us to see this morning. One by one, I want you to take what you got and give it to him. Take it to him. Take it up there. You have to open the door. He's knocking. Open the door. Come on out. Boy, what she got? Give it to him. It's all you got. But he'll take her loneliness and offer her some friendship. Is anybody with me? She knocked on the door. All she came in was with loneliness. It's all she had. But he'll take your loneliness and give you friendship. He sure will. Come on, Sister Amanda. Bring what you got to the Lord. What do we got? All we got, show, show them what you got. All we got, give it to Jesus. Oh. Take your pain and he'll give you healing. He's knocking. You say, I'll meet up with pain. Won't you try taking it to Jesus? That's right. He'll take it.
take your pain and turn it to healing. Come on, Isaac. What do you got? All you got is coldness. All you got is coldness. Boy, it's easy to do growing up in a preacher's home, watching the church go crazy and chew them up, spit them out, and cut them over and over and over. You talk about it's easy, neighbor. After this young fella and that little girl and that teenage girl back there, mom and daddy, it's easy to get caught in the ministry. Hey, glory to God. But I was here just a couple weeks ago when he caught the altar and all he had was coldness. And he gave it to Jesus and Jesus uh, took his coldness and turned it in uh, out of fervency, getting the fire back uh, and ambition back and joy back. I mean, he's knocking on the door this morning. Amen. Take your coldness and turn it into fervency. Come on, y'all, just keep coming. Yeah. Where you got, Jazz? He's knocking on the door where you got to get him. Got worry. If you'll give that worry to him, he'll give you what? Ain't y'all know anything about this? And you open the door, you say, Lord, I ain't got nothing. I'm just, all I got's all is worry. He'll take your worry and he'll flip it around. He'll give you peace. Come on. I'll tell you what let's do. Y'all just take your signs back with you when you die. Hold on to them. It's making all you have sorrow. He's knocking on the door. You open the door, he'll take your sorrow. Turn it into strength. Y'all follow me? Yes, sir. There's only one man. That can take sorrow. Amen. Turn to his friend. Good. Ms. Ashley, what'd you have to bring? <laughs> now hold on now. Strong hold. Let me tell you something about this generation. It's tied up in drugs and alcohol. It's a strong, strong hold. Yes, Nothing or nobody can break it but Jesus. Amen. And there's a day in her life that here's what she heard. And let me tell you something. When she heard the knock and heard the voice, she went and opened the door. All she had was a stronghold to give him. And he took her stronghold. My friend, he turned it around and provided freedom. She's no longer bound. She's no longer tied up. She's no longer in bondage. I'm talking about the King of Glory that can take your stronghold and give you freedom. All you got to do is open the door. Open the door. Give her freedom. To knock on your door today, what do you got to give him? Yeah. Is that all you got? Just a big load of depression? Yeah. If your sign bothers you, I'm sorry. Yeah. But I know she deals with this. Yeah. 25 years old. What now? Husband. 
Feels like she don't look good enough to get a husband. You might as well just chill out for a minute because I'm in the Holy Ghost. And I don't know what all she goes through because she won't tell me. But she's told me there's things about me that I'll never tell you. There's thoughts and places I've been that I'll never tell nobody. But I'll tell you this much, I'm deeply, deeply depressed. Well, she just looked at the goodness of God. She wouldn't be. I tell you, she said. That's hard lived. She knows God's being good to her. But they still things in this old body of ours that we can't help. And everybody wants to be loved. And I've stayed after for years. In college, she could have had boyfriends, but she had to sleep with them. They tried as men that took her out on the side of the campus over towards the volleyball place and tried to do things with her. And she always told them no. And she could have just tried. Listen to me. Here, I don't mean this disrespectfully, but if you'll get your body laid, no matter what you look like. That's right. That is right. That's right. But she's never took the bait. And she's paid a price for it. But at the end of every price is a All she had to bring him today was depression. Now look, if you hand this sign to him like this, all he's got to do is flip it straight over. But he can provide joy unspeakable. But listen to me. You ain't never going to have this until you open that door. He's knocking. So let me tell you something. He can meet every void in your life. Joy unspeakable. What you have to bring in? Nothing but fear. And y'all ever dealt with that? I don't know what's going to happen. <coughs> Creates fear. I don't know if my daughter's ever going to get cleaned up. Creates fear. I don't know if my husband's ever going to come home. Creates fear. That's right. I don't know this. I don't know that. Fear. 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 But if you'll bring it to Jesus, he'll take your fear. And he'll give you a big old load of faith. But you have to open the door. Brother Jeff, he's testified. Y'all heard his story. Right. Raised in a preacher's home. Amen. His daddy loves the Lord. I've been around him a few times, but boy, he loves God. Brother Dax, we went and ate right. the other night, and they told me that he can quote scripture, just like you quote scripture, just run through it. Loves God, loves his word. Brother Jeff told you, though, by his own testimony, raised in that home, a state. Mistake, repeated mistake, mistake. He said, You think people learn? You know what he had a whole bunch of? And still does if he don't give it to the Lord. Just like some of y'all. Right. You look at your life, is this my fault? Did this happen because I did that? Did they turn out the way they did because of me? 
Guilt's hard and heavy. But God don't want you living with guilt. What's he doing? He's knocking because he wants to take your guilt. And this is what he'll do. He'll turn that guilt around. He'll provide you with a big old load of grace. You know what grace says? No more guilt. Grace says forgiven. Grace says restored. Grace says it's been, it's been taken away. And a brand new start has been given. To take your guilt and your life in your face. What do you got? Whatever teenager in America's got. Right. And most adults. Rebellion. It takes that. She's dealt with it. She's dealt with it. She's dealt with it. He's dealt with it. On down the line to every one of us. In your flesh lies rebellion. Amen. Here he is. It's me. It's the Lord. I'm here to change. I'm here to save. I'm coming to seek and to save that which was lost. But Lord, all I've got to offer is a bunch of rebellion. Bring that rebellion to me. What would God do with rebellion? To turn that rebellious heart around and make it a heart of submission. Can I tell you, before you got saved, you, you didn't even know how to submit to nothing or nobody. That word means I say no to me yep. and yes to him. Yeah, yep, yes. As long as you're rebellious, it's got to be your way yep. and your time and your idea and your plan and your and, uh, are you living? But, but as soon as you open that door and you get God and all his glory, he'll make you realize you are near as good and near as high as you thought you were. That you're nothing and he's everything. And you can submit your whole life to him. But turn your rebellion into submission. He's knocking on your door, Miss Caleb. All you had to bring this morning was doubt. For years and years you doubted salvation. Seems to be better, may not be. She doubted being saved. I'm talking about God radically changed this girl's life. If anybody's ever been the new creature, it's her. She's doubted. 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 I'm sure those times waiting on your husband. You know what I mean? Yeah. This girl's had a battle with one word, it's been doubt. He come to me. I don't think he's ever coming back, Brother Josh. He said he, he don't even believe this way. He can't stand you. I, I just want my husband to be in church. My, my, my daughter went home after church Sunday and cried and just begged her daddy to come to church, but I just don't know. And I tell her, just keep being faithful. Just keep praying for him. Just keep coming to church. God will bring him back. But she had to fight down. But when she brought her doubt to Jesus, he took her doubt 
and he gave her assurance. Amen. Amen. You know what I what I can know that you have to know? Every prayer you prayed for that husband, he heard it. That ought to give you assurance for your prayers to come. He heard them. That was a God thing. That wasn't a time when heal all wounds thing. That was a God thing. Amen. Amen. So today I want you to leave with a big old heart full of assurance. You see, amen. Boy, his family has been tried. Right. And tested. And I'm not saying that she has grudges, but I'm saying the devil sure has opportunity. To establish them in her life. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. With her family. Yeah. With things that's happened in her family. Right. With people and friends and enemies. This could take her down. It can. Brother David. If she gets hard hearted and bitter and cold. Yes. And this comes in her life. She's done. Yeah, man. <laughs> Let me tell you something about bitterness. It's got a root. The only reason you're holding grudge is because you're bitter. And bitterness and bitterness has a root. Amen. It'll tie deep down into the soul of man. But God is here this morning. Right. Yeah. If you just come open the door, He'll take your grudges. Some of you all got grudges. Yeah. He'll turn them around. He'll give you forgiveness. And when you get forgiven, here's what you'll learn to do. Forgive others. And I'll tell you, whatever child of God is going to have to have a boat of it, if you're going to make it through this thing, you're going to have to learn to forgive people. You've got to quit holding on to everything. You've got to quit holding on to everything everybody's done. Everything people's done to you bad. And things that have hurt you and started you. You've got to forgive them. But you'll never be able to get rid of that grudge. And offer forgiveness until you open the door. That's right. Brother Seth, what do you have to bring to God today? Just old pride, huh? Let me tell you whatever one of us struggle with. This is what I want to do. I want to do this in my time. When I'm good and ready. I'll submit and serve. I'm good and ready. I'll preach. When I'm good and ready, I'll get involved at the church. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. I'll do it when I'm ready. Yeah. You know what you're full of? Uh, yep. You're full of pride. Man. Can I tell you today? There's a knock. And if you'll go open the door yeah. to take your pride, they'll take it away. He'll give you a whole big heart of humility. When you become small, he becomes great. We've got this thing backwards, church, where we make him the least of our worries and we build up everything around us. But that's backwards. If you'll come and open the door, he'll show you. There ain't never been nobody humble as Jesus was. He made himself with no reputation. With humility. You said that? What do you have to bring today? Anxiety, huh? I've pastored these people long enough. I know what y'all deal with. 
They say, no, nobody's business. Here's the deal. This is testimony not just to you all, but to our church. God is able. Yes, sir. Amen. Let me tell you something. Me and her split this time. She ain't alone. That's right. That's true. That's right. Y'all think what you want about me, I don't care. That's true. Because I deal with it too. Yeah. Big time. Yes. Now I've got a lot better at hiding it, and it is better in some ways, but I deal with this. Yeah. But I'll never forget the day when he came knocking. And I said, Lord, me and Sister Ned, all we got Gideon. There's a big old load of anxiety. He said, that's okay, I'll take it. I like taking anxiety. Why is that, Lord? Because I've turned it into rest. Glory to God. I'm telling you, I've got more peace in my soul now than I've ever had. And I can't explain that other than I opened the door. He took my anxiety, my worry, my stress, and he offered me rest. Take your rest. He'll give it to you. You hold on with that. What do you got, Brother David? All you got offered this morning is what? Just a bunch of anger. Y'all ever dealt with that? Mad at people. Mad at things. Mad at circumstances. Angry about circumstances. Angry with God. But David's been angry with God before. He's told me. Guess what? Most of y'all have too. Yes, sir. He's been angry. He's dealt with anger. So have I. But that knock is knocking. He'll open the door. He'll take your anger. He'll give you understanding. Oh, yeah. You may not always understand what God's doing, but you'll understand why and who is doing the doing. You may not understand exactly what's going on, but you're you're understanding that God is in control of what's going on, and you can have peace that passes all. Instability. Any y'all ever just feel like this in life? Oh, yeah. You're up here, and you're down here, yeah. and you're up here, then you're over here. It's good now, it's bad tomorrow. Yeah. Things are on track today, but they're back off course tomorrow. Yeah. In church, out of church, in the Word, out of the Word, in the prayer closet, out of the prayer closet, shouting one service, staying at home the next. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Instability. We all got it. But if you'll open that door and give him your instability, here's what he has to offer you. A solid foundation. Behold! Look at him. I know it's Shelby, but it's Jesus. Behold! I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice, open the door. I will come in to him, set with him, and he will. What do you got, Miss Christina? Just a life full of wandering. 